Today I'm going to be talking to Nikki Moss, who's a very experienced um, paraglider pilot. She's the current Spanish Women's Champion and has been on the British paragliding team um, for several years running. She is basically a full-time competition pilot as well as running Access UK. Nikki, tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been flying. I started to fly in Edinburgh in 1999 and I think it was probably 2000 or 2001 that I actually got enough air time to get my um, club pilot. So it took a, a wee while learning to fly up there. And um, when did you get into competition flying? Pretty much straight away. Um, I went to Piedra Hita to do the British Open, I think it was probably 2001, um, which was it was an interesting experience. I can't say that I, that I enjoyed it very much. Um, sort of being the only person there on a one-two glider and all on my own and, and surrounded by sky gods. Uh, and it was only really after I got home, having decided that I hated competitions and I was never going to do them again, that I realised how much I'd actually learnt during the week. And, and then I started to think a bit differently about it all. Okay, so what comps have you done since and where? Um, I've, oh, I've flown all over the place since then. Um, I've generally done the overseas rounds of the British Open for the last few years. Um, I've flown in Australia, Brazil, India. Um, I've been in the British team three times, I think, now in um, Brazil, uh, Australia, and Greece. Um, flown pretty much all over Europe now, although I have to say I do prefer flying flatlands to mountains, so I've got much more time in the flatlands. Um, yeah, that's pretty, pretty much all over the place. Mm-hmm. And you've been pretty successful at it as well. You're you're really one of the top women pilots in the world now, aren't you? Um, I wouldn't actually go that far. I mean, I have my ups and downs. I've had a um, pretty tough year the last year after an accident, um, getting my act together again. But I've just just managed to win the Spanish Championship and pre World Cup last week. So now, hopefully, I'm back on form again. Brilliant! That's absolutely fantastic. So. Um, what what attracted you to comps? I know you didn't enjoy your first one, but you said that you learnt a lot. Um, how do you, you know, now sort of having gone into them, you know, what keeps you going with them, going to them? I guess by nature I'm a fairly competitive person, and as much as anything, there's such a good atmosphere. You, you travel the world largely with the same group of friends. Wherever you turn up, you meet the same bunch of people uh, and you get to fly with them, I, especially doing some of the, the big comps that I've been fortunate enough to do. You get to fly with people that are just so good. Um, and it, it's amazing just flying with them what you can pick up and learn from them. Uh, it really is. So do you approach comps in a different way that you do normal XC flying? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, obviously, there's, there's a different level of, well, for me, there's a different level of stress with competitions and a different level of focus. I, I, I suspect that some people probably treat their XC flying like that, but for me, often XC flying is, is for fun. Um, comps, in, in a way, are work, whereas just going XC flying, unless I've got a particular goal, if I'm trying to do a triangle or that and return something like that, in general, XC flying is, is, is relaxation and um, comps are, are work but also I mean, it's, a, it's a great job to have 
Mm. <laughs> if you do it full time, it's it's um, you know, it, it's great. Um, so what do you think are the skills and characteristics that you need to be a com pilot over and above just being a really good XC pilot? Um, I mean, to, to fly comps, you don't need to be a great XC pilot. To XC, you're generally flying on your own. You're making your own decisions. Comps generally are, are follow the leader. Um, you get yourself in a gaggle. You try and stick with them. If you drop one gaggle, another gaggle will catch you up. Whereas XC flying is much more an individual thing. So I mean, I, I don't. There are some some pilots, Kriegel Mara, for instance, who are excellent XC pilots and excellent comp pilots. But there are other guys who are really good at comps and not that great at XC because it's just a whole different mentality. Um, in, in comps, you you stick with the bunch. You're you're pushing along with people. You've got people around you all the time. You're always watching what other gliders are doing. Um, so, so I think actually they are quite different sports. Okay, so apart from a competitive nature, um, what do you think the characteristics, you know, what, what do you think makes a really good comp pilot then? Focus, for sure. Um, something that I'm working on slowly and, and quite hard at the moment. Um, no, you, you, you need to be focused. You need to be confident in, in your wing. Um, you need to be confident flying with a large bunch of people and, and be able to make decisions, be able to read what's happening with, with different kinds of tasks, which is, which is quite important. And as well, to a degree, you need to understand how the scoring systems work. Uh, so, you know, when, when is going to be a day for taking it easy, taking it slower and just getting distance and other days with the days for, for flat out racing. Um, so yeah, there's, there's different tactics involved. Mm-hmm. So when you say different tactics, presumably that depends on the types of tasks that are being flown. Could, could you give us sort of a, you know, a general overview of what kind of tasks normally are, are flown in different types of comps? Um, there's basically two types of tasks as far as I'm aware of, apart from just open distance. I mean, there's a new XC Open series um, that's that started in the last couple of years, which is a completely different type of comp, which is more about flying cross-country and, and not racing. But in, in a, a general, normal, I'd say, racing competition, you've either got um, races to goal or elapsed time tasks. Right? In a race to goal, generally, there'll be one or more start times um, and you'll leave with a bunch of pilots with a gaggle at the start and try and get around the course as fast as you can. So everybody's starting from, from the same um, same time and the first person in goal is the winner. In, within a race as well, you've also got, um, they sometimes do start gates. So you have, for instance, 15 minutes interval and then another start time, another 15 minutes, another start time, up to, it can be up to an hour, an hour and a half of, of start windows. So that, that's a bit different. It's when you're actually um, racing like that, you don't know how how you're doing against other people. I mean, you, you just have to fly as fast as you can. Um, but it's not necessarily the first guy in goal who, who wins. It could be somebody has made a tactical decision to go back for a later start and then they take advantage of, of better conditions during the day and get to go fast. And that, that happened last week in the, in the Spanish Championships. I was with the, the first start group, and we struggled quite hard for the first 45 minutes. 
um, in very ratty times. Some of the guys went back from my group and they pushed back into wind and then took the later, the latest start time and they were able to blast down the course about half an hour faster because they were just taking advantage of better conditions on the day. Um, so so they're, they're sort of two times, types of races. And then the other, um, the other main type is elapsed time, which is um, individual time. So you start your race when you leave or enter a certain cylinder according to the task, and you finish it when you arrive in, in the goal cylinder or the goal line. So that is, is a little bit more like flying cross-country um, because, again, you don't know where you are um, with the people that you're flying with. You're just trying to get the best individual time for yourself. Mm-hmm. So how would you decide what tactics to use in a particular task? Because you said earlier that you know you, you need to know a lot about how to, what tactics to use. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of it depends on the conditions on the day. So that that's the same for any flight. If you're trying to fly cross country or you're trying to fly comp, if you, if you've got good strong times, good conditions, nice high base, and you've got a race, then you'll be trying to fly as, as fast as you can. Um, there's not really any other decision to make. Uh, one of the things with um, elapsed time tasks is often choosing the right start gate, choosing the the right gaggle to leave with, and then again trying to fly as as fast as you can. But one of the the tactics there can often be be choosing the the right start gate, which which can depend a lot on how you think conditions are improving during the day, how far you are away from from where you need to start. Um, all, all sorts of things like that. I mean, another another thing that um, is often quite useful to consider is if you know something about the, the scoring system that you use and the scoring program that's being used, because some some scoring programs um, reward time, some reward um, lead out points. So if you're pushing out at the front on your own or the group, you'll be getting additional points for that some reward leaving the start um, very early. Um, others, you'll get arrival points for arriving in goal, but, but sometimes you'll find that um, it's actually that, for instance, on a slow day when, when you don't think there's going to be many people in goal, distance actually becomes a priority over time. So actually staying in the air as long as you can, maximizing every climb and just keep on going and keep on pushing towards goal is, is the thing that will get you more points. Um, it all sounds it all sounds like quite a lot to think about, but I think after a while some of it becomes intuitive. But presumably, you also ask the race organisers what what competition scoring program they're using, and then you know you can find out about it in advance as well, can't you? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, most most competitions will actually inform you of the of the scoring system and the parameters, etc., that they're using. Um, but there are so many. Sometimes it takes a wee while to actually get to grips with what they are. Mm-hmm. So, um, what advice would you give to people that were thinking of entering comps for the first time? Um, be confident with the glider you're flying, with your setup, things like that. Definitely get to know your GPS before you get to the comp. I mean, for some people, if you're starting out in comps, it could be the first time you've used the GPS. And they're, they're stressful enough at first. Um, anyway, the last thing you need is to, is to be having technology issues. So, so fly with a GPS, run around a field with a GPS, drive your car with your GPS, and, and learn how it works. 
Um, one thing I find really useful is actually getting to a site early before the comp starts, a few days if, if you can make it, and just sort of checking it out, having a few few free flies. And for me, it often works to sort of compare, have, have, a, have a couple of days of flying and, and then work out where things work and where things don't work and, and almost kind of compare it to other places that, that you know. For instance, in um, Orcones last week, is a very similar kind of area to Piedrahita, where I fly quite a lot. And there were just certain things that, that seemed to me should work in the same way. And, and it was quite strange some days. Everybody took off from launch uh, as the window opened and headed left down the down the ridge, which, which was an understandable thing to do. It's a similar kind of thing to do in, you do in Piedrahita. But I couldn't actually work, work it out because it, it took you onto a big rock face and people were just groveling, sliding down this rock face. Whereas in front there was a, a small plateau and a tree line. And, and given what was happening, it was just a perfect place for, for thermal triggers. And I just thought, well, I'll just fly out. It looks like what Piedrahita would do. It looks like a similar thing to Miller would do. And I got a fantastic climb and, and ended up sitting at base watching loads of people sliding down the mountain thinking, why did you go there? <laughs> and it wasn't because I knew anything. I mean, the local people were all doing what they always did. But it was just that kind of feeling. Sometimes you're, you're in a place and it just feels that, that it should work like somewhere else you know. Um, so it's good to trust those instincts occasionally. No, no doubt I'll be proved wrong big time the next time I try and do it, though. Um... One of the most important things, that's only just something I've got my head around, is actually launching early. There's no point sitting on the hill once the window's open if, if it's launchable and stayable, sort of procrastinating and thinking, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll launch a bit later, it'll be better. It's actually far, far better to be in the air and flying. And, and I, I generally now try and get up as early as I can and, and treat the first half hour or whatever hour sometimes up to the start gate. As you're just flying, I don't really think of the task. I don't really think about wanting to be in the best place. I just go flying. And, and then as soon as you're doing that, you start to relax a bit. I mean, I, I start to relax a bit. And it's only really the last 10 or 15 minutes um, before a start opens that you then start to put yourself in the best position. But up until that, you're just sort of feeling the air and, and getting comfortable. And obviously, the more comfortable you are, just with flying, the, the better relaxed you're going to be and the better decisions you're going to make. Okay, so how, how important do you personally think that flying in comps is to improving you as a pilot? Um, flying comps, obviously flying in comps has improved my competition flying. Um, it's given me the chance to go and fly in an awful lot of places in different sites, different conditions, flatlands, mountains. So, I mean, it's, it's improving the overall experience. But I don't necessarily think that competition flying has improved my cross-country flying in the same way that I don't necessarily think that cross-country flying has improved my competition flying. Um, I mean, any any airtime that you possibly get is going to improve you, improve you as a pilot. And a lot of it depends on, on where your focus lies. Flying with a lot of people can be really intimidating at first. So to a degree, flying in comps and, and getting that experience will give you a lot better spatial awareness. It will give you a lot more idea of, of um, how you're flying your glider in relation to others. 
um, and things like that. But I, I mean, a lot of it just depends on on your personal preference. For me, as I said, I'm I'm fairly competitive, and and I love I love the buzz of comps. It it will um, improve your flying. Initially, I would say um, it will improve your flying a lot. You'll you'll find out lots of of little um, steps that that would have perhaps have taken six months or so just sort of flying on the hill with your friends. In a week, you'll you'll have made a big a big leap, and you'll go back to the hill, and then it'll suddenly think, ah, that, that's why these people. And you'll, you'll sort of look at Kai taking off and skying out, and and it'll suddenly click that what he's done or what he was thinking just because you've picked up little bits people that you met at the comps. So a lot of it's about socialising with them, enjoying it, um, finding out why people have done things, looking at them. One of my um, things is I, I spend a lot of time looking at my flights afterwards. So if it's cold and wet in the winter or there's a bad week, I'll, I'll go through and drop them into GPS and have a look at some of the decisions I made against other people that flew the tasks, look at their tracks against mine and normally end up kicking myself and swearing that I'll never ever do that again. Um, but I don't think there ever comes a time, so far hasn't for me, when I've actually finished a flight and thought, I did everything right today. There's always, always something that you look on afterwards and think, oh, why did I do that? Well, when you go and um, win a PWC task, I'm sure that'll happen, that you'll think, well, I did do everything right today. <laughs> that would be very nice, but I think it's quite far off at the moment. <laughs> ah, well, I'm, you know, I'm sure you'll get there. Thanks for your confidence, Judith. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant advice. Thank you so much for your time, Nikki. No worries. My pleasure. If you enjoy our podcasts, webcasts and articles on the paraglider, please consider making a donation to support us with our costs for hosting and also to support us in making great new resources. We've got lots of ideas for new podcasts, webcasts and articles and we'd be happy to produce them, but we need your support. You can find the donate button on any of the podcast pages on the paraglider.com as well as on the main index page. Thank you.